0: Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my beautiful and wonderful wife, Patty.
1: Hello. <laughs>
0: she always has these wonderful greetings. I love it.
1: <laughs> Hello. Hello.
0: Today, beyond doing goofy greetings for you all, we're going <laughs> to share about a topic that uh, is very, something that, something that we know a lot about, <laughs> and that's this, how to let go of bad habits and break addictions. It's funny because I had a whole other topic planned, but I I literally lost my notes for it and can't even remember remember what it was. (laughs) And then Patty was like, why don't you look at all the questions and see if there's a topic there? And the very first question was pretty much verbatim, this exact title. And I thought, you know what? This must be meant to be because
1: the perfect this is topic. A, yeah. <laughs>
0: so anyway, we're going to share with you some advice based on our own experience, which we have quite a bit. For those of you who don't know, I was once at one point a, a, actually a heroin addict. I was a, a straight-up junkie addicted to heroin, where I would like shoot up with heroin, you know, multiple times a day. I, I was a full-blown like addict, like you would see in a movie, where I was robbing and stealing and pissing off all my friends and family and hurting myself and all that kind of stuff. And Patty, she can decide how much she wants to share, but she had somewhat of a similar past. Um, and, and not with heroin. I,
1: I was, you know, like a, anything that I can do to uh, escape my self sort of addiction person. And I was bulimic for years. And uh, even when I met Victor, I was, so mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And then also beyond that, it's not just which for, is like, an addiction in its Yeah but I would say this podcast episode isn't just for hardcore addict, addicts right. like we were just for it. Also, we've overcome many, many bad habits, many a little like little like self-destructive habits. We've overcome quite I I can't even think of all of them right now. I'm not going to get into a whole mm. list of them, but this is just for anyone who's who's becoming aware of their own patterns and cycles and wants some, maybe some help breaking them. We'll yeah. share with you what has worked for us in our past hmm. So number one, I wrote down here is get to the root. What I mean by that is find out you have to find out the true origin of the behavior, because the behavior that you if you have an addiction or a bad habit, you would label it as such because it's a cycle that you you can't help but continue to repeat, even though it doesn't make sense because it causes you pain and suffering and yet there's you there's there is a reason uh find the root there's a root core reason why you continue to do it even though the writing's been on the wall for eons that dude this always ends the same you're not going to be happy with the result of indulging this behavior no matter what it is Mm -hmm. so what is the root this reminds me of a story popped in my head back to when i was uh, like 19 years old or 18 at the time i was in living in south florida in a drug treatment facility called the Boca house and i was in phase two of the boca house so i've survived the first month most people relapsed in that first month like 90 percent or so so i was doing yeah, well that's crazy and i was with my buddy guy my so dear a dear friend of mine even though i don't talk to him anymore but to this well, day we still
1: like keep in touch out, very infrequently but He'll like say hi on Facebook or something. To yeah, me.
0: either way, irrelevant. But, yeah. but a good by good buddy, but <laughs> guy, we are sitting there, and we are going through this like this twelve step workbook. We used to go to the AA meetings and did like the twelve step program. And there was this like additional workbook. I I thought we got like Barnes and Nobles or something. And every day, me and my buddy guy, after the gym, we were working out. We'd sit down with our protein shakes. And we'd bust. We would like we'd go through this workbook. And the workbook was like got really deep into our our core issues and really sort of a it sort of encouraged us to to share and we'd write down our honest answers about our own or basically about the little skeletons in our closet and we'd share them with one another and one of the instructors or, or what do you want to like the leaders of the Boca house some one time came in to check on us they would do that from time to time they check on you to make sure you're not getting into trouble They just come in randomly mm-hmm. and he said see that's what this is all he said something like uh that this is the recovery right there. And he was right. Me and what me and Guy were doing, it was like the heart of the recovery. Going to the meetings was good. Doing the superficial behavior modifications, that's all helpful. A little NLP, hypnosis, all that's good. But getting to the root cause is essential. Otherwise you'll continue unconsciously agreeing to to re-go through that cycle. Yeah,
1: and it may not necessarily be going back into the addiction itself. You might- but it it will be it'll manifest in a different way if you don't heal the initial um, thing that caused you to use or or abuse yourself, you right. know, in the first place.
0: And in your experience, would you say? Uh, I know that the answer to this, but would you say it's a bit of a process, right?
1: Oh yeah, for me, it's uh, even s- it's still a process uh, even now. You know, just because there's so many layers to the initial <sighs> thing that caused me to. Um, abuse myself and be bulimic and have, you know, bouts of addictions of, of all sorts. Um, yeah. But yeah, because it was, it's such a, it, for me, my reason was uh, lack of self-love and self-worth. So, and that had, was so deeply ingrained in me that it's been just slowly releasing over time. So it's just something that I'm constantly working on to make sure that, I am my best self, right. you know, now.
0: And you know, I something interesting popped in my mind. I know some people who are maybe in the grips of a bad habit or addiction and they hear, oh, well, it's a process. Mm-hmm. They think, oh man, that's, well, that sucks. I'm looking for some relief. But here's what me and Patty both have learned that there's actually good news in that statement it being a process because all you have to do is start mm-hmm. the process yeah. the, the the root causes of my addiction are still healing to this very day but because i started the process of unraveling that onion of yeah. big issue then it that then like the 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 compulsion to exhibit those behaviors and addictions that that was one of the first things to go once mm-hmm. i really started to focus myself into the healing process yeah for so sure. so that's good news that means you don't have to like be fixed and healed of all your childhood to issues to be and able traumas to overcome the to addiction stop itself. Yeah. suffering through the addiction addictive behaviors and consequences of those behaviors right yeah yeah definitely yeah um number two is find a good replacement and i don't mean that like pick another bad habit but what i mean and this comes actually patty will touch on this too she's the one who came up with this idea but it sparked a memory of a book i read called the power of habit it's like a really comprehensive book all about the habits and how to how we how we develop habits bad habits and how to how to use like scientific research and all the different findings to stop that and one of the main things with this one of the main points of this book they went on to say that, listen, you, you, you have to sort of honor the addiction. There is something somewhat reasonable that you're getting out of the addiction. Mm-hmm. You're getting something out of it. So what is it? You have to replace it. So for me, one of my things that I've shared about is like sugar. I very would commonly indulge in sugar. And then this one woman said, well, you know what, Victor, what do you get out of that? maybe find something else like if i just ignore the need for the quote unquote sugar then that need is i i don't have enough willpower to with refrain on a, when i'm having a weak moment So I have to kind of honor. There's a reason, again, kind of where you kind of need to get to the root there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a reason why I binge out on sugar. What is it? What am I, what am I feel like I'm lacking? And then maybe I can get that from something a little bit less consequential, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, what I was (laughs) doing for a while is I I realized the sugar, well, it it represents a lot of different things for me, honestly. But one of them is it's just like an escape. Like I, I get into a frazzled mindset where my mind is not, where I'm not at peace inside just from stress throughout life. Or whatever and i need like an escape what i found works very well is jump roping so for a while remember that i was like jump Mm -hmm. roping in the living room Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was like that was my replacement and that would settle my mood and settle my emotions and then that that need for sugar was replaced by jump roping which is obviously a a pretty good habit actually Mm -hmm. so you had something you wrote down about uh when you were getting, quitting the bulimia, you became structured or something with your diet.
1: Yeah. I, for, well, for me, this finding a replacement was, um, it was more like getting, getting, develop a structured habit. So, um, being bulimic, my eating was not structured at all. I just, you know, would binge out and on anything and everything that I wanted. So I decided, okay, I can't do that anymore, so now I'm going to have to be regimented with my meals, with the timing of my meals, and be very structured with that. So I replaced binging out with being very structured with my meals. So. yeah
0: I think that's good general advice anyway just for like 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 forcing in a positive routine and structure like mm-hmm. that was one of the things that like I was in and out of rehab a lot of times before I finally got clean and what made it kind of easy to I never struggled to stay clean in rehab for one I, I it would have been difficult to leave yeah but I did leave the first time <laughs> <laughs> I left the first night in fact real quick it's funny I, I got to rehab and And that very first night I said, nope. And I, I left. (laughs) But anyway, so I guess it's not, it is kind of hard at times, but my point was like there was, they had such a structured routine. You'd wake up and every hour of your day is mapped out. And Mm -hmm. that initially might seem kind of constricting, uh, and suffocating, but there was actually a lot of comfort and ease in that. Yeah. And when I would get out of rehab, I would, I would be sort of left to my own devices. Right. and And then my old habits would sort of just take me back over if, if not sort of me being distracted with a good routine. And when I finally got clean the, the real time, when I moved down to Florida and everything, I, I developed, I created my own routine for myself. Where right? I'd wake up and I'd, I'd meditate and I would go to the gym and I'd go to work. My whole day was kind of busy with structured things that were good for me.
1: Right. Yeah. And it takes a lot of discipline to, to, um, develop that sense of like structured routine, you know, and it's, it is very challenging at first, but after you get like one week under your belt, then it's easier and easier. And every day in that week, it's easier and easier. So as soon as you have yeah. like one day down, you're like, okay, I did this day. Now I can do another day because I did this whole day, you know, and it, it's, um, yeah,
0: it's true. I'll, I'll share before I move on the law of, <laughs> the law of three. Have you guys heard of that? The law of three, the law of three okay. states this that the greatest likelihood for someone to to sort of go back on a good habit they're trying to implement is within those first three days that's when like the old conditioning is strong and it's so new you don't have any of the new synapses connected or anything mm-hmm. to, to lock you in mm-hmm. you're just white knuckling it so that if you can make <clears throat> it past the first three days you're statistically shown to have a much greater chance so mentally you're trying to start a new habit or break a bad one and say okay I don't have to do this for the rest of my life I gotta do it for three days yeah. and then the next three is three weeks and then if you can Make it three weeks, that's like the next milestone where you'll be far more likely to succeed after three weeks. And if you can make it three months, then you will have literally rewired your brain to where it'll be unnatural to go back to your old habit because you're like a you're literally a new person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I do want to highlight what you said. It does take effort. Yeah. I know I know some people they're looking for like the cure for addiction or the, the magical the magical pill or this or that. No, no. It, it, with what we're saying, it was hard. Yeah. I had to literally like like, mu- like utilize is all of my willpower like on several occasions to to keep on this straight and narrow because it there are, there are hard times where it's not easy and you will have to be kind of tough tough in your mind and, and sort of like allow yourself to be in a bit of you know resisting the addiction makes you feel very very uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar and there's a there's a comfort in our destructive yeah, habits right, yeah. and you have to kind of just force yourself into like where you're just waiting it out almost so you're just yeah. sucking it up um but though as you said you do that a little bit and what really is motivating is when you see like the next time that happens that feeling washes over you like a storm it's a little bit easier mm-hmm. and you're a little bit stronger and then you see where the momentum is going. And eventually, not only do you have a fairly easy time. Like, I don't struggle to not do my bad habits anymore. I, just, I, just, I don't even think about them. Yeah. Um, but I become so strong along the way. So it's a very, very cool thing. Yeah. Number three, a, I would say very helpful is accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, me and Patty, we went to AA meetings for years and did the 12 steps. But but I'm talking like even for bad habits, this accountability. Put it out there. Put it on Facebook. Hey, friends and family, I want to stop biting my nails. So if you see me biting my nails, smack me upside the head. Yeah. You know, and then you just, you just have that feeling. Almost like when I was a personal trainer, people would see really good fitness results, not because what I was doing was magic, but because they were working out regularly. And why was that? Because they would have felt guilty calling Victor and saying, I can't make it. They'd feel bad, that guilt. So same with you. If you say you're going to stop biting your nails and you're out with your friends and you're biting them, you're going to feel like an idiot. And so that in itself is motivating to not do it.
1: Yeah. One of the, that was the biggest um, help for me was because my bulimia was um, so, I was so secretive about it. And um, not not really anybody knew, um, except for my other friend who was also bulimic. Um, but um, when I told Victor that I was bulimic and his reaction, one, it made me realize like, whoa, this is kind of fucked up what I'm doing. But I didn't have anybody to say that it was, you know, wrong because some, the only other person that knew was also bulimic. And, um, then, uh, I had him being like, okay, you know, how are you doing today? And he kind of like helped me be accountable for my, you know, addiction to food.
0: Yeah. I th- I think that that's an enormous first step for anybody regardless of where they fall on the spectrum of trying to get clean from some type of habit or addiction is telling someone that you yeah. want help. It really is. And and just the act of not being burdened with this addiction where there's someone else kind of sharing the load with you just by telling them. It's a very cathartic experience just to, to to finally like not keep it in any longer mm-hmm. i remember a little while ago when we were running our sedona retreat on the way back i was with our our former assistant josh and you know during the retreats me and the crew we like hold space for people mm-hmm. and it's a very very powerful it might not seem it's not, we're not, we're not just going on hiking it's a powerful transformative yeah experience for whatever reason. I don't know if it's what we do or the fact that we're in Sedona or the fact that it's just a collective intent. Regardless, it's powerful.
1: I think it's all of the above. But you know, my, yeah, but... my
0: point is, is that during the retreat, I don't do my own processing and neither right. do you. We're no. there for others. Um, but there's still like a lot of stuff gets kicked up and a lot of yeah. work that sort of is presented to me. But anyway, me and Josh were both feeling a bit overwhelmed when we left and we drove home. We, we talked like the whole way. Just one honest sharing after another. We just take turns, just bluntly, just laying out there our problems for one another. And neither of us solved each other's problems, but we just listened, and and it was like so healing and transformative just to talk about it and not hold it in any longer. So that's a huge, huge thing, my friends. And sometimes it takes courage to admit. Like for you, it probably was hard to say, honey. I know we've been dating for three weeks, but here's this bomb mm. I want to drop on you.
1: Well, it was more than three weeks, but. What was it? Yeah.
0: How long? No, I don't care. It was now. a I, few months, I, I think. Really? Say,
1: yeah. But um, I also want to say that when you're sharing this with someone, make sure that it's someone that is not going to judge you or make yeah. you feel guilty or bad about, um, your situation, because that is not going to really help you. That's just going to make you feel more guilty about what you're doing. And then you, you know, ultimately you may end up not seeing this same results that you probably would have if you were to confide in someone that you trust that is, you know, open-minded and, and, um, accepting.
0: Yeah. That's a great piece of advice. Cause obviously this advice we are giving without that little tidbit could have been bat- really back. Right. I
1: know if people. I would have like shared that with, your mom with or my someone. mom, it would have just been, uh, Oh, look how fucked up you are. Yeah. You know, instead of uh, like, okay, wow, this is fucked up. We need to do something about this. You know, like let's, let me help you do this, you yeah. know? So yeah, I think that's, yeah. um, a really important, um, peace.
0: And I would say if for you for you people out there who are thinking I don't have anybody, I would say use your creativity to figure out a way to find someone to share it with. Mm -hmm. Like, like if you don't have anybody and you're like an, an addict of any kind, go to a meeting. Yeah. Like me and Patty don't go to the 12 step meetings anymore. We've sort of outgrown them in our opinion and they're not forever, but there'll be people there that'll listen to you and be there to help. you. And
1: they won't judge you. And that, that if you have like an actual addiction to a, a substance of some kind, um, or even bulimia, there's overeaters anonymous, you know, food for food addictions and things like that. But, um, They are so helpful to go in and one, you know, you're not alone in your addiction because addictions isolate you, even if you're around people and two, they're, they can't, they can't judge you because they've done it all. You know, they, they've done it too. So they're not there to judge you. They're just there to be there to listen. Yeah. You know, so in in the beginning stages, if you have no one that you can confide in, those are really beautiful things that you can go and they have them all over the all over the place. It doesn't matter where you are, you can find some sort of meeting for something. Right. Some right. sort of addiction. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I would say number four, we both kind of agreed about this. I think you came up with the idea. It we wrote down uh don't be hard on yourself if you slip up. Let me let me remind you that I was in rehab six times before (laughs) I finally got the hang of it. And again, we keep using these as examples, but I'm just talking about I even relapse more often when trying to quit sort of a less destructive habit because it's not doesn't have as great of a consequence, consequence you know, yeah. like, like the sugar thing. You guys just look, look throughout my, on my last three years of YouTube, I, I was talking about that a lot. It would come up from time to time and the energy updates I would do. I'd say, well, for me, it's playing out by eating a bunch of pancakes or something. So it's something that I, I and that was to be, they used to be a problem for me. In fact, you sort of helped me with that. Mm. I used to feel extremely like a failure and and really really guilty and I'd be I'd be extremely hard on myself when I would slip up, um, and one of the things that finally helped me break the the addiction, believe it or not, like to the sugar was not being so hard on myself, mm-hmm. and just understand that it's it's it's, it's not a process. weakness. Yeah, it's not a weakness of character. It's just like we're we're all no one taught us no one taught us in school how heavily influenced we are by the stimuli in life and how easy it is to become conditioned to create a conditioned response to, to a circumstance in our reality and in our life. Mm-hmm. And it just it in, and certain, certain sort of patterns can become ingrained in you deeply, very quickly.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and it's just, it's not easy. It's not easy for anyone. I've known a lot of people who, who've overcome like big addictions and uh, of any kinds and no one said it was like easy. No, it's just not.
1: It's, It's such a process that with something like, you know, um, sugar, if you're, you know, the, all the quote unquote relapses, they're all there to show you something. You learn something from every time you do it, like you, cause you can revisit that moment and go back and say, okay, why did I choose to do that this time? What was it that triggered me to, to, um, eat the pancakes, Or, you know, drink the, you know, go get the bottle of wine and drink the wine all by myself. You know, like, what is it that triggered all that? Um, And you can learn a lot. And there's a lot of healing that can happen with the relapse. So that's why I say, you know, don't be hard on yourself. It's all, everything's always perfect. You're always learning and you're always going through the process. So, you know, the guilt does more harm then good. So there's no point in feeling guilty once the damage has already been done. Then you just kind of have to move forward.
0: Yeah, I think it's wise, and this kind of goes back to our, our initial premise of it being a process, but I think it's wise to look at your relapses of any kind, your slip ups, sort of objectively with curiosity. Like, huh, you know, I've been trying to get to the root of this and I, I healed a certain aspect of it. And in this circumstance, I'm free. I don't have to partake in this behavior. But now there's this other thing happening in my life, or this other circumstance where I gave in. So so let's let's look at this and heal this now. Mm-hmm. And the more little healings you go through, the more relapses in a sense, you know, not that you need them, but oftentimes they are the fastest way, but the more you go through it, the more covered you are mm-hmm. where you're like you're you're healing all these different scenarios to where It might just be only one or two little things in your life that can cause you to relapse. And then just you keep, you almost look at it like you're, like you're, you're getting, you're like getting to the core of the onion by uncovering the source of each and every slip up. Mm -hmm. And you can look at it like as an opportunity to heal more. So like, for example, like there are times where I will like binge out on sugar, but way less, way, way like, when's the last time you see me do it? It's been a long time. Yeah, I really don't do it bit, much yeah. anymore. And the last time I did it was, like, I don't know, a month or two ago. And it wasn't that bad. But I I literally, it was the first time I had zero guilt. And I was able to kind of very quickly, like, naturally do what I'm telling you guys to do. I very quickly was like, huh, something something must have caused that. What, What was it? And I knew. It's because... I let myself become like too unbalanced and too stressed out with life. And Mm -hmm. I, and I used it as sort of a way of letting myself know that you need to kind of come back to to your harmony. Maybe don't take on so much work or something. Um, My point is there was no guilt. It was an objective way of looking at it. I quickly benefited from it by saying, ah, This is what caused it. And now you can heal this and not only not binge out on sugar, but you also free up, you create more peace and harmony in all areas of your life. So it became this, not this like character defect that, or, you know, it just, I'm just trying to say I practice what I preach and it's helped a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Long story short. Long
1: story short.
0: Yeah. Um, So lastly is know that there's value In this experience, we might wonder why would my soul like for me, especially with like the heroin. Some of the dark times I've had are just I don't even talk about how just how dark of a place I would go to in my mind. And I, at the time, I was like, why? I didn't think this because I didn't really believe in God at the time. But I can imagine if I did, I would I'd wonder like why would I have chosen this? What what what's the value in this miserable state of suffering, over and over and over? Why why? Well, my goodness, I we could go on at length. Yeah. And, and how much our bad habits have helped us in life, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when you are releasing all that negativity that you're uh, experiencing in your addiction, you free up space for healing, you know? So the. The healing happens, then you become a better version of yourself. You become stronger. You become more loving. You become more accepting. You become non-judgmental, and it's really just a beautiful thing to be able to overcome something so intense.
0: Yeah, it's that. Like, yeah, it's, it's like a really, it's a great motivator for transformation. Yeah, like if not for my heroin addiction, I don't know. I I don't know if I would have had the real motivation to wake up early and meditate and and like and and read and and work out so much and and like reach out for help even though it was challenging. Yeah, there's all these things that I had to do because of my addiction and my my bad habits. Right. and those are good things to do anyway. It's a good thing to create a routine and, and focus on your healing and reach out for help. And there's way more I'm not getting into, but the addiction was a huge huge motivator for a gazillion blessings and beneficial things that have happened in my life as a result. And even more so now it's like just so empowering. Yeah. Like uh, we used to smoke cigarettes. We didn't even touch on that. We both used to smoke yeah. cigarettes too. And we just quit. It yeah. was like, because, I didn't even
1: want to quit. I just quit because yeah, you quit. I
0: quit first, right? Yeah. Just kidding.
1: So <laughs> yeah, cause you're better than me. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm a more involved. But probably. I
1: didn't even want to quit. I was just like, I was smoking such a small amount because it was hard for, for you to, to see me smoking. And I was just like, this is kind of stupid for me to smoke like three cigarettes a day. Mm -hmm. So I might as well just stop.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Where were we going with that? But, oh yeah. My point was like, it wasn't even that it it was hard to quit smoking. I actually had to quit twice because I started up again at one point. Um, but I don't know, just, just knowing
1: that goes back with the, the, What the last piece that we just said about, you know, it's okay if you like, you know, have to quit again, it's okay to quit again, you know, never quit quitting, right? It's actually (laughs)
0: funny. I literally, it's going to sound so dumb, but I literally purposely chose to take up smoking again. It was a conscious choice (laughs) that I wanted to do. I wasn't compelled at all by craving it. I, I quit like six, seven months prior to starting again. And I, I was living in Florida at the time and I I quit smoking and then I moved back to Michigan. And when I got back to Michigan, I didn't have all my like AA buddies or anything. I didn't Mm -hmm. have, all I had was my, my like old high school friends and like the, and these, all these new meetings. That was like my life going to meetings for a while. And I felt like I had nothing. I had, I didn't have my buddies. I didn't have any crutch whatsoever and i felt very left out as you know for me it's not easy to go up and make friends so i literally said you know what screw it i'm gonna start smoking again so i can like go out there because after the meeting everybody Everybody there would go out and smoke and hang out and that's where all the bonds were formed so i'm like man I'm, I need some friends. So I'm gonna
1: start smoking. <laughs> so I
0: literally chose to, and also when I was at when I was at work, I chose to, because all the other all my coworkers always yeah. hang out smoking, and it was I just felt left out wherever I went at work, at the meetings, <laughs> at home. Like, screw it. It's, but but anyway, so I just wanted. It's kind of a funny tale. Yeah,
1: that's I know you. T- but
0: what the main, I already knew that tale though, but they know. didn't. They didn't. No, it's a little funny. But- the, the main point I wanted to make is that when it came time to quitting both times, the cigarettes, even though it was hard, it wasn't that hard because I've overcome worse, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the heroin and mm-hmm. like, and now when it comes time to quitting other little things, I know the process very intimately. I know mm-hmm. it's really hard in the beginning. I know it does sometimes require support. I know there might be slip ups, but as long as I do my best and, and just try to heal myself, that I become inevitably, I, be, I become stronger. The refraining gets easier and eventually it's gone. It's natural. I don't, bad, I don't even think about smoking. I don't think about drugs. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Probably been a decade since I even talked about it, honestly. Right. No, yeah. no I talk about it on my channel. Well,
1: not but, smoking cigarettes though.
0: Yeah, but it's literally nothing that enters our mind because we've totally become new people. Yeah, And knowing that you can do that, knowing that you can have such a gripping pattern and transcend it completely is so empowering.
1: Yeah. And what's interesting, too, is when I'm in dieta, I uh, smoke mapacho, which is tobacco, but I don't inhale it. And it feels weird smoking, like even though I'm not inhaling it, just the act of doing it feels strange to me because it's like such a foreign thing for me. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like I would have no desire to do any of those things I used to do.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: no way. Not now, anyway. Anyways, my friends, we're gonna bounce. We have another before podcast. we go
1: off on like six more tangents. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: think they're fun sometimes. The tangents. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Listen, if you guys are digging our podcast, one of the best ways to support us is to leave a, just a leave a review on iTunes or leave a comment on the website. That's like the uh, akin to a comment on a YouTube channel and it's a way that iTunes will help spread our message more far and wide. So if you haven't left a comment or a review, that would be awesome. If not, then you can't listen next time. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Much love either way, my friends. I know we're all busy. You guys have an amazing day. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Thank you. Much love. Namaste. Namaste.